Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a talk about the Shadowkeep roadmap. I wanted to walk through this. We made some observations about it and thought I would share those with you in a video and a talk. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now. There's a link below in the description, twitch.tv slash say no to rage. Click that link, come and hang out. You can submit questions and be part of the dialogue. So if you're listening to the audio version, I'll do my best as I kind of work through this to give you the best picture that I can. You can go to bungie.net and see this uh, in the most recent TWAB. It is the Shadowkeep and Season of Undying calendar. So they have both what's happening launch day for free for everybody as well as the actual con- uh, calendar October to December is what it says, but it actually ends in November. So we're going to look at it. We're going to walk through the image. Then secondly, I'm going to talk about uh, nothing to do right away. There are some people concerned about that. They're saying, you know, that was a problem in Black Armory. It doesn't look like there's much to do right away. And I want to address that complaint. And then lastly, I want to talk about how this is kind of informing my vision for future seasons as well as some of my feedback about things I'd like to see them do. Because this, I think, is a picture as to how thin the next couple of seasons will be, both winter, spring, and summer. I don't think are going to be that substantive. And I think we have some clues in this image uh, about that. So, first and foremost, let's just look at the image and walk through it. Now, on the left side of the image, October the 1st, launch date. It says, Shadowkeep launch. Destiny base game is now free to play. And then beneath that on launch date, here are all the free seasonal updates that everybody get. Moon Destination opens. The seasonal artifact. Finishers. Armor 2.0. Two strikes. The festering core and the scarlet keep. Updates to Crucible. Two reprised uh, PvP maps, Widow's Court and Twilight Gap, and then a new PvP map, Fragment. Crucible Labs is going to have Elimination put in it, the classic, you know, 3v3 Elim so they can test it, and then free seasonal rank rewards. So all of that lands day one for everybody. On October the 1st, you get that stuff, whether you own Shadowkeep or not. Now the left side of the image is going to walk through a couple of things. They have little icons, whether it's free to all Destiny players, their Season of the Undying Pass, which is included in Shadowkeep, and then their Shadowkeep. The thing that I really want to highlight on this image is that the Season of the Undying Pass is where you want to look if you want a picture as to what the next couple of seasons are going to look like. So look at the little Vex symbol and then the little Destiny symbol, and that's kind of an idea of how much you're probably going to get each season. Ignore all the Shadow Keep stuff if you want a kind of a picture. So let's just walk through this. On October the 5th, the raid will launch as well as the Vex Offensive begins. I'm fairly certain the raid actually kicks off the Vex Offensive one once it's beaten. So... Day one's October the 1st. This is four days later. You get the raid, the raid gets beaten, and then the Vex Offensive opens. Then on October the 8th, which is like the following reset, it's the Tuesday after October the 1st. Seven days later, it's October the 8th. Hero and Legend Nightmare Hunts unlock. A lot of us are looking at this and saying they must have gotten rid of the Adept difficulty, so there's no Nightmare Hunts when the, when Shadowkeep launches because if you look at October the 15th, another, another you know seven days later, another week goes by, then Master Nightmare Hunts launch alongside of Iron Banner. So a lot of us have, have deduced from this that they're no longer going with the Adept Hero Legend difficulties. They're going with Hero then Legend, then Master. Those would be the three difficulties. Now, we don't have confirmation on that from Bungie, but four difficulties would seem weird if they had three in the demo reels and the things that they showed. I don't know why you would suddenly go from three difficulties to four. Hero, Legend, and Master sound like better you know, difficulty descriptors anyway. Adept doesn't really sound like a, hero, a difficulty descriptor. Now, that leans into like people saying, well, there's not going to be enough to, d- to do with day one, but I'll get to that in a second. October the uh, 22nd, the exotic quest for Leviathan's Breath... 
lands in the game. It's a bow. Interestingly enough, it's called Leviathan's Breath. I don't know if that means they're going to repurpose any of the Leviathan stuff. We know the armor is going to drop 2.0, but that may be an indication. Maybe they do have plans to revisit those guns, give them random rolls or something if we're going to be doing things with the Leviathan. I'm still bummed that it seems all year one weapons are kind of like going untouched. It'd be cool if some of them kind of came over the way they did a couple of them in Forsaken. Then uh, October 29th to November 19th will be Festival of the Lost. So we get a couple of weeks of that. That's, you know, that's not surprising. Uh, I would imagine they would bring back the Haunted Forest and some rewards. Hopefully the rewards actually drop from the enemies this time. It's not just a silly grind for one weapon. I still think they should, they should put gear in the actual activity that's dropping. Uh, October the 29th, uh, so the same day Festival of the Lost starts on October the 29th, the dungeon will launch. In a previous Q&A, I said uh, they don't ever tell us the dates of the dungeons because somebody asked me when I thought it was going to be and apparently they're deciding to tell you when the dungeon will launch and open October the 29th. On the same day, they're launching a new PvP mode called Momentum Control and that's free to all players. Uh, Just like Iron Banner and Festival of the Lost are free to all players as well. The 29th, again, same day as Festival of the Lost, same day as the dungeon, is the exotic quest for the Divinity. Now, this threw some people off because the Divinity was previously shown with all of the raid armor, and people assumed it was the raid exotic. Maybe it is the raid exotic, and they're throwing it into the raid as a way of making it a quest instead of like one that, you know, something they can drop. They might have heard some feedback on the 1K voices, the Anarchy and the Taraba, and how difficult it is to get those to drop and how people don't really like that. Uh, we might see that quest open. Maybe the, maybe the Divinity will still drop for the world's first team, and it's something we can all work towards a couple weeks later. November the 5th, it says first raid challenge. The, the expression first there is interesting to me. I don't think that's going to be something that you buy or get like as a bounty from Hawthorne. I think first raid challenge indicates something new they're bringing back, which is something that we did in D1. And since it says first raid challenge, I'm already kind of theorizing that perhaps the remaining weeks of the season, uh, they'll do different raid challenges or first raid challenge and then there'll be three more there'll be one every uh, every season so again you know first raid challenge the first week you, we can access it with rank uh, four with the clan perks most likely that's a possible prediction as well so it could still be tied to Hawthorne given that it says first raid challenge I was hoping it'd be something new that would maybe even rotate each season because I don't think we're getting any raids after Shadowkeep I think I think winter, spring, and summer seasons will not have raids, and this would be a way to increase raid engagement with challenges and rewards. Lastly, on the calendar, November the 19th, we have the Vex Offensive Final Assault, so that is something that they're doing specific in the Vex Offensive. We kind of predicted, since the Vex Offensive will be the closing activity for the season going away, they could maybe increase the drop rate or do something special with it, so you can get almost a guarantee to get all of the loot. Maybe that's what that is. So, that's the calendar, okay? It ends on November the 19th. We don't see something going into uh, December, which is interesting since it says Season of the Undying October to December. Uh, we know that it ends on the 10th, and Season of Dawn is the next one, which will probably kick off with uh, the dawning is probably how they're going to do it. Uh, this seems to be aimed at getting through just October, November, and the campaign isn't really listed, um, and so the free list is pretty long. So I don't think we're going to have to be too worried about the next thing I want to talk about. People are like, it seems like there's not going to be a lot to do day one. Like, what are we going to do day one? we got to wait till the 5th for Vex Offensive, and we got to wait till the, the 8th for the Nightmare Hunts. I think we're forgetting a couple of things. Number one, there's a Rise of Iron Size campaign with Eris Morn in it. Okay, so that's going to take up the bulk of most of the player base. The first couple of days will hack away at that. If they play a couple hours a night, it'll take them a night, 
maybe two nights to beat that then there's the moon there's a brand new space the moon and all the things that comes with it if there's adventures to do there uh public events if there's quest line items that we do on there to maybe drag out the campaign sometimes you finish the campaign but then you're not done right there's stuff to do after the campaign is over that might be things on the moon there is uh Aris Morn is an NPC. We don't know what we're gonna be doing with her. We have it on, you know, somewhat good authority. We might be kind of like crafting weapons with her. That could be another brand new grind day one, making those weapons with her. And then two new strikes as well. Open day one, leveling the artifact day one, adding finishers and armor 2.0 day one. And then, you know, then there's the new PvP map and the two reprise maps if you're a PvP player. So, Black Armory's frustration was that there was literally nothing to do. The only thing Black Armory was offering was that forge and that was it. And you couldn't go in if you weren't leveled. I don't think you can make that parallel to Shadowkeep given that everything I just listed an actual campaign, a new location, a new NPC uh, you know, the actual leveling of the artifact, the finishers two new strikes I don't think you can make that comparison. Now, if you're upset that you have to wait a week for Nightmare Hunt or a couple of days for Vex Offensive, okay, but they've got to trickle out the content somehow, so I would think that this is pretty much a needed structure going forward for this type of content. Lastly, let's talk about future seasons. When I look at this, and I look at the seasonal content, the Vex Offensive gets introduced and retired, there's an exotic quest for the bow, then there is Festival of the Lost, Iron Banner, a new PvP mode, and that's it. I would expect every season to pretty much have that. In addition to, obviously, we know there's the season pass, right? So, this reinforces my idea that seasons are probably going to be lighter this time around. I think each season is going to be good, but it's going to be, I think, a little bit thinner. You're going to have, you're going to, I think it's going to revolve around these things. The new activity that's replacing the old, that new loot pool, the season pass, which is like the book that you level up, and then events like Festival of the Lost. I think that is essentially what your seasons are going to, are going to sort of center around. And I believe... This really bolsters my contention that they should be pairing these seasonal updates with replenishing an old piece of content like Escalation Protocol with new loot and maybe a little bit some new bosses or something minor, new mechanics or something like that. So I believe running alongside seasons, we need some free stuff going on in addition to the you know the free stuff that's already happening like Festival of Lost and everything else because you don't have a lot when you add up the the handful of seasonal things and a handful of free things i think they really need to bolster that with existing content and existing pools getting a quote-unquote reskin and as long as it's free nobody can really complain the paid content would obviously be new so we're going to transition to q a now the, the q a that follows this is going to be a blended q a it's going to be about both the shadow keep roadmap and our weapons getting nerfed which is a separate video so you might hear questions in the q a that don't make sense yet because that video hasn't hit youtube so keep in mind i'm kind of doing multiple videos sometimes in a day just to kind of bolster the youtube while i take trips and stuff so if you want to come into the q a click the link below to join us as always if you're watching in the other locations please like share and subscribe Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a video about our primaries getting nerfed in Shadowkeep. There's some confusion about this. I thought this deserves its own video. If you're listening on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch these live. There's a link below to twitch.tv slash say no to rage. So click that link, come in and join the conversation and the Q&A. Now, you're going to be looking for a Q&A to be attached to this video. I don't, I'm doing some extra videos to kind of feed YouTube while I take a little short trip. So the Q&A session that followed the primaries getting nerfed video, you've probably 
probably already watched it or listened to it because it came after the Shadow Keep video. So there's a Shadow Keep video and QA. This video is a standalone video and it's it's QA session is kind of blended with the other. I wanted I wanted content for YouTube and I didn't I, I didn't want to do two different separate QA sessions. And so I wanted to talk about both these things before taking a little trip. So our primary is getting nerfed. There was some confusion about this, and I want to kind of walk through the the statement made by Bungie about what they're doing to primaries, as well as address the fact that they're buffing them, and then I want to make sure we remember certain things. So first we're just going to say, what are they doing? I'm going to read the image of what they're doing to, to minor damage uh, on crits, crit multipliers on miners, like red bars, and then I want to talk about buffs, sort of. Some people are misreading this as well. They're like, well, aren't they buffing all primaries? Yeah, kind of, but kind of not. And then lastly, don't forget. I, I want to kind of remind you guys of some things that came out from the discussion that people were kind of reminding me of just about the flow of the game and things that they're trying to do with armor 2.0 and finishers and everything else. So, first and foremost, what are they doing? Okay, so they said that minor enemies, rank and file, these are red bars, are no longer going to take precision damage uh, that's higher than what other enemies get hit with. So right now, if you body shot an orange bar and then you give them a headshot, there's a multiplier that applies there. The base damage of the gun gets a multiplier, so when you hit them with a crit, it does more. Right now, if you body shot an acolyte and then shoot him in the head and they're a red bar... It does way more. It's like triple or something like that instead of just being double. I don't know the exact math of it, but they're taking that away. It's going to be standard now. So when you shoot the body shot of an orange bar and then their head or the body shot of a red bar and then their head after you get into Shadow Keep, you're going to be getting the same multiplier being applied. Okay. Now, some people are like, well, why would they nerf us? Why, why would they make us weaker? For th- these adjustments to crits and miners will, I think, largely go unnoticed. I think most people that boot up Destiny post Shadow Keep are not going to feel like, oh my gosh, why are my guns super, super weak? That's not going to be a, a hugely noticed thing. I think your rhythm in the game killing trash ads and red bars in public events, strikes, lost sectors, etc. This is going to go unnoticed. Okay, I don't think most people are even going to sense it because they're buffing every single primary weapon for the most part against miners. So on a red bar, right now the base damage you do on a red bar is going to be higher on virtually every weapon type after Shadow Keep. So the crit multiplier is going down, but it's going to have a larger base damage to interact with. And I think this is really important because you're going to be able to do, you know, maybe even consider using other weapon types that aren't going to feel as punishing when you don't land crits because base damage is going to be going up. You've got to remember that. And and the reason the base damage is going up is it's going up specifically against miners. This is likely focused on damage-scaled content. They're doing this because there's new content coming with scaling. You can see it here on the on the on the, the Shadow Keep calendar. There's hero, legend, and master you know difficulties. More than likely when you get into damage-scaled content, this is playing a part in having a more standard damage delivery across all weapons. So now let's talk about how we're getting buffs but we're getting buffs like sort of I would say sort of the base damage increase will feed the crit multiplier more damage so if you're body shotting trash ads you're going to be getting more damage than you're accustomed to getting and that's feeding that crit multiplier so it's a buff but it's a buff that's in context of a response to what they're doing. A lot of people were scrolling through the TWAB and they got to this section and they were like, oh my gosh, they're making all of our guns stronger. Well, not really. They're making them stronger against 
red bars specifically and again this is because they're lowering the crit multiplier on red bars specifically like your hand cannon and your your weapons are not just going to be stronger against every single enemy type it's only against the bottom rung enemies to give you that sense of like okay your your, your primary is still your primary a 50% nerf followed by a 50% buff does not bring you back to 100. Right, like it's not meant to, I don't think, be an equal trade, but it's meant to make it feel like you're still engaging with, you know, the combat in an efficient way. I think these these changes will be most felt when you go into the actual, you know, hard, hard content where everything is quite a bit stronger. Um, critical damage on miners for most weapons is going to be 65% less than what it is now. That is significant unless the weapons can one-tap to the head. Well, again, you have to understand that on a lot of these enemies, you're one-tapping them and doing overkill, and I'm going to give you an, a, a kind of a perspective on why it's probably important that we're not constantly one-tapping red bars in harder content. Um, we don't really need all of our primaries buffed anyway. We like Primaries are in a pretty good spot right now in PvE. There's a couple that are problematic and that need some help. Scouts don't feel very strong you know auto rifles could maybe use a bit of a buff but in general primaries are not in a terrible place in pve content you can get a lot of pretty good con- you know pretty good guns i don't know if that's even true either what they just quoted from reddit that could be an in- inaccurate summary summary or bad math we've had that happen before from reddit most primaries do the job while if you need help and this is this feels like fine tuning that has more to do with aspirational content so with their master difficulty their dungeon their raid their contest modifier all these different things are more than likely I would hope be toned down I want those deltas to not be so extreme and those deltas might have been raised higher than they were in previous you know previous endeavors because they were responding to the fact that most of the pain from the red bars was so easily dealt with because our multiplier was so high might have even been needlessly high so even if reddit is correct and this is a good this is going to be a significant reduction in crit multiplier you still have to remember most of our engagements killing these trash ads I don't know if we even need that level of damage so lastly and certainly but not least this is kind of where I'm going to try and give you from perspective like don't forget number one armor 2.0 could also be playing a part here we don't know what role armor 2.0 is going to be playing in the power fantasy making us feel stronger generating more bricks using our other weapons more often having more intentionality over over ammo finders like green and purple so maybe you're using your your shotgun and your rocket launcher or your grenade launcher more than you used to so your primary is there but they're trying to apply some pain to make it feel like it isn't frivolous that you're using your shotgun or your grenade launcher maybe it feels necessary in challenging content because your primary weapon feels maybe a little bit weaker against you know the trash ads again if you're going into hard content and that's the case that's fine if people are going into strikes in public events and they feel like their primaries are really really weak Bungie might have to make some tweaks and adjustments to maybe they you know maybe they overcorrect it Another thing to consider here, and we talked about this in Q&A, there could be new perks on the horizon that help with critical damage to unseat Rampage as the go-to damage perk on every single gun. We can start grinding for hand cannons and auto rifle that get some sort of a crit multiplier bonus if used properly to win back some of this damage that we're losing, again, as a way to unseat Rampage, because unfortunately... Rampage may feel necessary after this because you're going to want to have your damage buffed all the time because they're taking some of your damage away. My hope would be that they would pivot you away from Rampage by adding new perks that make up the difference here and make your primary feel uniquely strong compared to everybody just going for Outlaw Rampage over and over and over again. Another really important factor that was brought up the other day during Q&A and I was like, oh, I wish that was in my video. 
finishers, finishing moves, need low health enemies in order to work. And if the only low health enemies you're able to use finishers on are like majors that you chisel down, that's probably going to really limit the rhythm and the execution of finishers. So being able to say, okay, in this harder content, trash ads are more often in a rhythmic fashion. I'm running into them on on a more regular basis and they're at low health so I can do my finishing move on them and get the benefit from the finisher move generating the heavy ammo or whatever you're doing. If you're being fed more enemies that aren't getting one-tapped, that's giving you more control and more volition and intentionality over when to use a finisher move, especially if you're going into content and you really want to leverage creating heavy ammo for your team. You don't want to basically be like, I can only do this if we're really smart and chisel down this knight or this major or whoever it'll be nice to have I think maybe more enemies in front of you that are low health it's like that in doom when you get the flash for the finishing move it's nice having that happen on tons of enemies in doom to feed you that rhythm of power we can't see far enough down the road for this change we're looking at the here and now and we're like man if I go into strikes and nightfalls or raids and suddenly can't one tap thrall or one tap dregs that's going to be really irritating it might not if the flow of the combat is being changed and tuned to be in line with armor 2.0 finishing moves as well as new delta scales for these new difficulty spectrums they're putting in the game this may have been a necessary change to standardize damage output and create different combat rhythms so that finishing moves moves, ammo finder, and other perks that you're using from Armor 2.0 are more felt and more needed, because if you're using shotguns, heavy ammo, and finishing moves more often, that's a sign of more power expression, even though you might say, oh, well, they nerfed our primaries. It doesn't, it's probably not going to feel like a nerf after it's all said and done. As always, if you're listening to this in the other locations or watching, you can click the link below to come join. Remember, there's no Q&A attached to this video. It was attached to the Shadowkeep roadmap video. As always, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed two talks. I did a roadmap talk and a primaries getting nerfed talk. Those are two different talks. This is the, the Q&A session that followed both of those videos. I'm trying to do maybe extra videos to help my YouTube channel when I take trips. So if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, uh, you can always come in live. There's a link below. Hopefully that makes sense how I did this. I did two 10-minute videos and one Q&A afterwards just so that it would be you know easier for people to submit questions about both topics. So you might listen to this and hear questions that are referencing the primary video and you're like, I haven't seen the primary video yet. The roadmap video is going to go up first. So, first question from Jedi Knight. Lono, I've already seen some streamers calling for a nerf on the young Ahamkara's grass. They're convinced it will be the new meta. I disagree 100% because it's a niche item and it would take five hunters together to even get close to the damage to achieve currently. What's your take on this exotic and do you think people will be using bubble and other builds well well the weapons bubble is for sure gonna be is for sure gonna be meta i think for damage um there i don't think that's deny i don't think you can deny that it's a higher damage buff than well of radiance however if if people people calling for an ahamkara's grasp nerf before we even in the new meta i think is premature that's very premature. That's the nicest. That's the nicest I'm gonna be about it. I, I want to say stronger language than that because I'm just like, really, what the frick? Like, we, we're not even in the new meta yet, and you're calling for a nerf. Um, so, I would say that's severely premature. Second, I think until we really tra- test reload speeds from barricade and Luna factions on top of field prep, this is again extremely premature we don't 
and in light of what you said, is are people really going to load up five or six hunters and go into endgame content? Are they going to really go in there for world's first race with this many hunters? I severely doubt it. And if they do, they're going to have they're going to have a diminished team composition. You're going to diminish your team composition to get milliseconds of faster reloads and hopefully the contextual surroundings allows you to do that, like allows you to proc it to get the reload. Like I just this is incredibly premature and unnecessary. It's not even a necessary conversation. Whoever's driving this conversation is is getting way ahead of themselves. Let's get into Shadowkeep. Let's see what Luna Faction Rally Barricade does. Let's see if it can stack on top of field prep. And the milliseconds of benefit that you might get from young Ahamkara's grasps in the right context is probably negligible against what you'll get if you have a well a, a well-organized team comp that's not everybody running that build that class so fvx maelstrom says toward the end of the season vex offensive will likely be disabled instead of deleted bungie isn't going to play jenga with stable code thoughts i think you're making a comment comment that you can't make number one because bungie hasn't said it number two they've said the exact opposite of what you're saying they're not going to disable it instead of delete it luke smith literally said for technological restrictions and you know they can only add so much to the game indefinitely it will be removed or retired those have been the words that have been used not disabled um and playing jenga with stable code again i i just i don't know how it works and i guess like i i would say neither does anybody here so i would just take luke smith at his word that they're going to be retiring content for the sake of technological restrictions as well as limited space and that probably means that what you're asserting here is incorrect i it's i think they're going to increase the rewards you're going to probably get a ton of rewards that's probably what vex offensive final assault is they've they've already said they're considering like oh we'll be able to turn up the rewards for like a weekend of menagerie well i mean they could do that and then do something similar with X Offensive to ensure that you get all your guns and all your rewards before the season ends. Um, Sin Veritas says, outside of changing Master of Arms to proc only uh, only on kills with the Recluse, do you think really nerfing will stop people pursuing p- pinnacle weapons? I don't think that you're going to have people suddenly abandon pinnacle weapons if they nerf the Recluse. I think you'll have people complain, and then a couple weeks later, a new meta will emerge, new weapons, new whatever, will take their, you know, will we'll, we'll suddenly take their, their focal point. I would think, I would think that most of the time when you're, when you're dealing with the, the nature of nerfs, Nerfs cause frustration, but I don't think they cause like de-engagement. So, um, ad ad adredon says, um, is the is the divinity guaranteed to be the raid exotic, or is there a different raid exotic in divinities now at quest, or is it going to be a quest? We don't know. They haven't stated. I mean, the rocket launcher could be the raid exotic, and we just got it wrong. Or it could be that the Divinity is the Raid Exotic and they're adding a quest as like a backstop to say, you know what, 24 days after the raid's been out, if you haven't managed to get a Divinity, we're going to offer a quest for you to get it. Maybe it's a chance to drop before that, and maybe it's still guaranteed to the world's first team. That's something that I've been calling for. Like, have it have a chance to drop, but after so many completions, let people have a quest for it. Maybe that's what they're, maybe that's what it's going to be. 
uh, just fate here. Do you think that all this content will be added into New Light or the free model of Destiny 2 once the next big DLC is released? I think it'll be a rolling year. So right now, when you want to jump in, it's free for year one on October the 1st. It's free for year one. It's $25 for year two, and it's 60 for year three. It's a nice, like, staircase. Free, 25 bucks, 60 Year one, year two, year three. Next year new light will just absorb forsaken in the second in the in the annual pass for that has like drifter and uh black armory and, and opulence so next year new light will absorb that and then shadow keep would become the 25 dollar for 25 bucks you buy shadow keep and you'll get the spring winter and summer seasons that came after that for 25 bucks and then there'll be another dlc there for like your full your full price purchase I would think more and more that system and that setup is going to work really, really well because you're always trying to fill that funnel with players to be like, hey, it's really easy to jump in. We're going to give you everything in Destiny and then you can use that as like a as like a, a front door to the game. Now, eventually they're going to hit a they're going to hit a problem and a wall of here's all the free content and that would be like literally taking a dump truck into somebody's yard and being like well you said you wanted to build a garden and then you just dump a bunch of topsoil on their yard and they're like this this is enough topsoil for like four gardens what the frick what am i supposed to do with all this that's a lot of content and it can be almost overwhelming so eventually i think you're going to feel that tipping point of like man it's really time to launch a new game it's really time to launch destiny 3 i would think next year they could pull it off one more time of like here is new light which is basically two years of content and then year three will be 25 bucks then year four will be the taken queen that's what i've been calling it year four will be the taken queen that'll be the final year of destiny 2 after that i mean for frick's sake can you imagine in 2021 new light being three years worth of content at that point it defeats its aim and its purpose welcome to the game here is you know, way more content that you're ever going to be able to engage with. You'd have to really streamline it. You'd have to streamline the new player experience significantly. And I don't know if they're going to want to spend a lot of development time on a new player experience that costs zero dollars. Like, there's no ROI on that. That's as tan. It's hard to get the ROI on that. You're going to spend a bunch of development time really making sure new players have a seamless experience, and they don't have to spend any money. So. And by then, established franchises, I think, just struggle to absorb new players. It's just hard. You go into PvP, you're not good, everybody else is better. You have no loot, everybody else has loot. I think absorbing new players into the Destiny franchise in 2021 would be really, really difficult. If they're going to spend blood, treasure, and bandwidth on bringing in new players, they're going to try to do that with the next game, I would think. Sky Elliot. Would it be a problem if primary weapons in the energy slot could be interchangeable with the kinetic slot? I don't think the crucible would change drastically. I'm just tired of being unable to run certain weapons. Trust main ingredient last perdition. Well, yeah, there's a hu- there's an enormous there is an enormous oversight uh, that that you that they did with the um, the weapon system right now and the oversight is that there's a mountain of elemental energy primaries and there's almost no kinetic secondaries to pair with them so it it's 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 a very very lopsided system right now and so i 
I don't think there's any harm in what you're asking for and then combine that with like I think all kinetic primaries should have a random element applied to them and let's just get rid of the idea that there's a difference between a kinetic and an energy primary so that they're multiply. this is another reason why they need to do it okay they're standardizing the crit multiplier on all these weapons right man I hope I get my way because I think this is way more logical track with me here they're standardizing crit multipliers and raising base damage but you're still going to have something that I believe is dissonant and confusing and that is if you're using an energy primary you get less of a critical multiplier I, I think that that's I think that's confusing and, and dissonant I think you need to call, I think you need to synergize all of it so whether your primary is a trust or a warden's law they should get the same crit multiplier and they should just all have elements elemental primaries do virtually nothing in this game all they do is pop shields that would allow things like prism and rainbow burns to not be frustrating and to be more enjoyed prism's kind of frustrating It'd be, it wouldn't be bad if I had three elements and you know had all three elements covered they could also as I said bring back rainbow burn uh, death starfish with th- uh, five months welcome back dude almost half a year uh, coming with fair and solid criticisms instead of just playing the game keep it up oh thank you so, um, I think, I think they need to do that. And then the people that really like to run double primary, double energy, like let them move the guns around so they could run it if they want. But I would say ele- elemental primaries needs to return and, and critical and critical multipliers needs to be standardized anyway. You're already trying to standardize damage output with respect to your base damage increases and your crit multipliers on primaries going down on minors. You're already trying to do that anyway. So it would make more sense to say, let's standardize all of it across the board. And then we can go back to having true elemental primaries. Do kinetics have a crit modifier? I thought it was just 10% more damage to health damage. I thought it was on crits. Am I misspeaking? I thought for certain kinetics had a higher crit multiplier. As like, It wasn't their base damage was better. It was the critical that, that was where you saw the difference. I thought for sure that was the case because when you run a kinetic shotgun you can get bigger kinetic uh, crit damage with it when you aim for their head um, you should have aimed for the head I don't know um, somebody might have to correct me on that I may have been misspeaking they do yes on critical yeah I thought it was greater on critical I swore that was that was something we even tested uh, Hobbit Spartan do you think hand cannons will be OP and crucible again do you think they will thrive in the close to mid range where they're meant to due to the damage fall off nerf well I mean I, I think hand cannons are going to be still really good at what they do which is you know three three and four tap kills uh, in the right circumstances and in the right hands and I think that really really long range kills are going to go down and pulses and scouts will probably thrive on those long lanes but most map design favors getting a little bit closer anyway so I don't think you're going to see tons of scouts in PvP I think pulses are still going to dominate lane heavy and choke point heavy maps and hand cannons are going to struggle even more on those maps but as soon as you get to maps that are dominated by the mid range you're still going to see hand cannons doing their job um, That that's I don't think you're going to be able to take that away. The only way you make hand cannons not the dominant weapon, a primary weapon, whenever you go uh, onto these mid-range maps, the only way you're going to do that is by basically saying, we're going to have to ruin hand cannons. 
I, that, that's the only way you're going to get away with it. The only way you're getting away with that is by basically ruining hand cannons, which I don't think they're going to do. Addicted Donut. That's a great name. I know nothing about the Shadow Keep changes at this point. Should I read up on it and be prepared or let everything surprise me? That's completely up to you. Uh, Extinct Shifty. What are your thoughts on no vendor refresh? I have a whole video on this. It's disappointing, but ultimately this is how I landed on it. And I got called a bungee apologist for this, but if changing my position and trying to be positive makes me a bungee apologist, then cool. I guess I'll wear that badge. Um, I changed my position on this. I was initially pretty ticked off and pretty critical, but then I thought that they probably did not want to muddy the waters of paid content with what would have felt like uh, a re, you know, reskins or recycled content. Because more than likely, when they do finally start doing something with these uh, vendors, it'll probably be, it'll probably be a lot of reuse stuff. Like right now, and I'm not talking about Shaxx and Zavala for, for just, just to be clear here. All right, I'm not talking about Shaxx and Zavala. I think they deserved a refresh. Okay, but if you go to if you go to the actual like um I lost my train of thought vendor refresh I'm sorry if you go to the actual planets the planets not getting refreshed if they would have refreshed them it would have likely been armor and guns that we've already gotten in the past and it would have muddied the waters people have been like what am I paying for then why am I paying for shadow keep like there's already a ton of free stuff listed here I think what they're going to try to do is use old NPCs, old encounters like Escalation Protocol. They're going to refresh, recycle, and reskin those, and they're going to have that pair well with the battle pass. So imagine if in Season of Dawn, you've got the new the new the new activity, okay? That's going to replace the um, it's going to replace the Vex Offensive. That's going to have its own loot pool, and there's going to be the paid track on the season pass. And then there's going to be the free track on the season pass, and I would think a free activity that gets replenished like Escalation Protocol, and a free NPC sort of getting like, oh, it's a reskin. Nobody can complain about a reskin or something being repurposed if it's free. I just don't think they wanted Forsaken to get any more, I'm sorry, Shadowkeep, to be any more confusing, um, to be like, oh, what's free, what's paid, etc., etc. Does Lono know this? No clue. What are, what are you guys claiming in chat that I don't know or do know? Um, Forsaken plus annual pass gets you exotic quest raids from the annual pass? Yeah, Forsaken is $25 and it comes with all of the stuff in year two. Everything from Drifter, Black Armory, and, and uh, Opulence. You spend $25 and Forsaken comes with everything. Um, Parasito. Could incoming nerfs be a byproduct of a slower season and year? Uh, keeping us engaged an extra half second per kill adds up fast. Um, we were talking about new light, including forges, reckoning and menagerie for free. Has that been officially announced? I was under the impression that you got forges, reckoning and menagerie as a part of your forsaken purchase. That's your forsaken purchase. You know, you buy that for $25 and that gets you all of it. Um, hang on. Let's read this tweet. Let's include this. This is from Griffin. We'll include this in the Q and a, um, 
he says it's just easier to say what you don't get from new light than what you do you don't get shadow keep in the season pass forsaken raid shattered throne year two annual pass exotic quests forsaken campaign and somebody says what about year two activities like reckoning forges and menagerie are they available for new light players and griffin says yep they are okay Listen, I happen to think that's great, but that I think that's confusing. I think they should have kept it very siloed. Like, if you want everything that was in Forge's Drifter and, and Menagerie or Opulence, you just you buy you buy Forsaken for twenty five dollars. I actually find that to be more confusing. You're going to be getting Forges, and you're going to be getting the Menagerie and Reckoning for free. With that's year two activities that are getting thrown in with shadow with with new light. I actually find that more confusing. It's generous and awesome, but I find it to be more confusing. They just throw it in with new light. They're like, "Yeah, new light's supposed to be year 1, but they're going to throw in year 2 activities." I don't know. I find that confusing. Uh, Sinveritus says, um do you believe pinnacle weapons should have multiple tracks to earn them such as if you run crucible pub stomping you should be able to go for a loaded question nope I like pinnacles having their own tracks for where they come from I think it's fine snashy from the roadmap it seems like the vex offensive is the activity being retired when undying eds you think nightmare hunts will stick around according to luke smith vex offensive is the activity that is being retired that is correct he said that in his in his one of his posts Parasito. On the topic of intentionality, has Bungie had enough time to implement our feedback from Ada, Escalation Protocol, Menagerie, so maybe the activities were getting the grind we've been wanting? No. No. I don't think so. I, th- th- Luke Smith even softly hinted at this in his in his director's cut, in his director's cut that, that Shadowkeep's not going to have the intentionality of Menagerie. It's not going to have the intentionality of Ada's bounties. You completely glossed my question. Could incoming nerfs be the byproduct of a slower season year, keeping us engaged an extra half a second adds up fast? I mean, I no, I don't think so. No. I'm not glossing over the question. I think your question is presuming on something that's absurd. You think Bungie is making us weaker to add up engagement time by, by milliseconds on shooting trash ads? Shooting a trash ad is not going to suddenly make a nightfall take longer or a strike take longer. I don't think so. Um, I might have skipped your question by mistake. I, I, I highly doubt Bungie's like, I've got an idea. Let's lower crit multiplier, boost base damage on miners. That'll really extend playtime. I just, I really don't think so. That feels so logically disconnected to me. I think it has way more to do with end game d- damage scaling. Like they want it to be able to scale in a more, st- more standard, more predictable way. Um, I don't think we're suddenly going to be taking so long to kill trash ads that we're like, man, I, it's taken me so much longer to do everything. My 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 engagement this season has been doubled. You know what I mean? So, uh, sweet cheeks with nine months. Welcome back. Uh, glad I found this community. Keep up the great work. Love how you do the podcast. Thank you. I appreciate that. So I uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. That's I think I think you're going down too far down the rabbit hole on that one. I, I think they're just trying to standardize damage output. Um, and again, to this question, I think Luke Smith hinted that Shadowkeep will not have menagerie level intentionality. He, I think he softly hinted at that. I think he did. Melmzy. I've never been around at launch of new content in D2. With, will the pinnacle weapons most likely be available to grind for day one? Um, usually they are. X-ray freak with three months. Welcome back. 
usually they are okay but they're not listed on the October the 1st shadow keep launch free stuff pinnacle weapons are not listed there so also there was a post where like the vanguard pinnacle weapon was omitted from the post like they said crucible and gambit or something I don't know what the frick that was about um so I don't know typically up to now pinnacle weapons you could start grinding the like day one um they just were in the inventory and could be grabbed you'd go to shaxers of all like grab the little token what class would be the strongest in shadow keep no idea uh firewall knowing how long it takes the art team and developers to create new locations and activities you think it's worth their time and plausible to make an activity with new location mechanics every 90 days just to throw it out the window for a new one it just doesn't make a lot of sense from a project management point of view yeah you're assuming that's what they're going to do um it's very very likely we're going to go into areas that already exist for these activities it's very likely they're going to be reusing areas that we are already going to. Well, I mean, where are they going to go? I, they're not going to add a new location in in Season of Dawn. There's no way. They're going to use an existing place. Maybe where the Vex Offensive was. I don't know. Maybe the Haunted Forest, Verdant Forest, Infinite Forest. Maybe they're going to use existing containers. The, the EAZ. There's. I mean, I don't know. I, you're, uh, to your point, yeah, it takes them a long time to build stuff. It does. They've, this has been communicated in leaks as well as just them kind of talking about how it's not easy to do that. So, I honestly, I, I think that they're more than likely going to continue to use existing containers for these activities in the winter, spring, and summer seasons. You know? Snake, snake eyes. How well do you think Destiny will fare if after Shadowkeep there truly is no more new raids? I think people really, really overstate the value and the marketability of raids, okay? I want you to imagine that you're in the 90% of the people in the community that really don't run raids all that often. And I want you to imagine every single season having a raid. And then you look at the rest of the content and you're like, well, you guys managed to make a raid, but like all the rest of the content seems like it's pretty gutted or pretty thin, right? Now, if there's no raid, okay, if there's no raid, then I would think that would give you confidence that they're giving you as much as humanly possible. The raids appeal to like 10%, and I know Bungie likes to use them as a marketing uh, mechanic. Um, We'll provide the tracking number when the replacement shifts along with a return label. Excellent. They're taking care of me, the computer company. Thank you for doing that. Um... I, I understand their huge marketability and they use them on, you know, watch it on Twitch streams and, you know, watch all these teams play and blah, blah, blah. But I just don't think that's the marketing structure going for for the season pass. I think when you buy Season of Dawn, they're going to market it with the season pass, the armor in the season pass, the new activity, the new guns, the new loot. You know, the 10 to 90 splits overstated out of currently active players and not just people who play month to month. Uh, there are way more people that raid than 10%. I'll double it, Eugene. Let's say 20 to 25%. Let's say 25. If you're in the 75%, which is the majority, that's a significant majority, you're not spending $10 and hoping for a raid. You're spending $10 and hoping for a a, a, a nice, easy-peasy grind. 
Bungie looks at their internal data and their numbers and they know this is true. Look at what they're offering us. Vex Offensive, Nightmare Hunt, Iron Banner, a que- uh, an exotic quest, Vessel of the Lost, oh, there's a dungeon, and then exotic quest, raid challenge, Vex Offensive. It's mostly, it's mostly the, the, uh, it's mostly the, the, the meat potatoes day-to-day stuff. They have one team that works on a raid and they launch one raid and then everything else feels like meat and potatoes content. Now I know they're leaning into the MMO, they're leaning into the RPG, the depth and the breadth, but I think that's coming in in different ways. That's coming in with difficulty spectrum on things like Nightmare Hunts and Nightfalls. That's also coming in with Armor 2.0 grind and Material Grind and that's there for that hardcore player. I really don't think that Bungie's going to be like, oh man, no raid for the 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 winter season no one's gonna buy the content if anything they might be able to sell more content because people like how would you feel if you spent ten dollars and you felt like half of your ten dollars was probably going to the raid that you really weren't gonna play do you know what i'm saying like i i don't know i i think it cuts both ways i think there are people that are going to be disappointed at the lack of a raid but there's going to be far greater number of people in the community they're going to be like i don't really run raids anyway you know it's, a, it's always a catch-22. They're supposed to be investing in the hobby, the hobbyist, the depth, the breadth, the RPG. They're supposed to be investing in that. And I think the dilemma is if you invest in that too much, then your content becomes lopsided. Because then it's like you're only appealing to the top 10%, the narrow, the narrow, and then the narrow buys, and the casual leaves. How do you expect the casual you know, to be convinced to spend $10 when they look at it and they're like, well, half the content is a freaking raid that I'm never going to touch. I don't know. I think, I think, I think there's two sides of the coin. Just fate here. Do you think that since we are getting the first season plus Shadowkeep relatively at the same time as our playable content will be as big as Forsaken? Or is it going to be even out in the shorter campaign in Shadowkeep because they know they will have the season of the Undying content to go through? It's, cl- it's, 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 it's close in size to Rise of Iron. That's what they've said. Rusty, how do you feel about there being only two strikes? Uh, would you like to see more release per year? Listen, I don't give a... Like, I, I mean this, like, as nicely as I can. I don't give a frick about strikes if there's no reason to run the strike playlist. They gotta build a content loop funnel for the strike playlist. They don't have one right now. You either put a bounty system in Zavala so I can grind for really great rolls on guns the way that I use the forges with Ada. Similar idea, right? The, the forges are there for Ada's grind. The forges are there for Ada's grind. The strikes should be there for some Zavala bounty grind. If you don't do that, I don't really give a frick about your strikes. Sure, if you add like a really cool Nightfall unique specific reward in both of them, yeah, I'll run them when they're a Nightfall, but like the strike playlist is just, is just I don't know. There's nothing, there's no reason to jump in there and there needs to be. So here's the thing. I, I don't even care that it's just two strikes. If they suddenly gave me a reason to hang out in the strike playlist for like long periods of time, a lot of those strikes would feel fresh because a lot of us don't run the strike playlist. And a lot of us back out of the strike playlist when certain strikes hit. But if there was a reason for me to stay in there and there was like a buff or a multiplier or something that I would lose by backing out, then you guys would see me run the Fanatic strike even though I hate it. God Horus. 
While watching your Q&A on Weapons 2.0, I had a thought. Should weapons that have an anchor to lore have static roles, and all other weapons just be in the game have random roles, but the roles that have lore could be specific perks that relate to the lore. For instance, Weapons of Sorrow can have an additional damage to the hive. Um, I, I can give you what you want without doing, without doing static roles, because I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you. When you start saying static roles, I immediately, I, I immediately recoil. It's like bringing out a plate of food and you're like, yeah, I got this plate of food. And you're like, oh, what is it? And you're like, oh, it's, uh, it's six month old goat meat. And I'm like, who, what? No. Like I immediately pull my hand back. You're like, yeah, what if they did this, Lono, and static rolls? Who? No, no, I don't want static rolls. Um, you can you can get what you want without static rolls. You can have that extra hive lore intrinsic perk on a weapon of sorrow. You can have an extra perk on raid guns like Oracle Disruptor. Why? Because Oracle Disruptor wasn't necessary, but it was a nice perk and it helped. And you know, you you had a a, a propensity to then run the Vogue weapons. People felt like they had to. Well, I mean, people are silly. Then you didn't need Oracle Disruptor. I, plenty of people ran it without Oracle Disruptor weapons. Um, so, I mean, guns attached to lore getting. A an, an intrinsic perk or something like that, I'd be totally fine with. I and as somebody's saying, most guns that have a lore attached to them are already static rolls because they're exotic. Now, I'll, I'll do you one better. I'll do you one better, God Horus. Let's say that the lore attached to the raid guns is really interesting. The curated roll could be a god roll because curated rolls are static. So you could be like, here's your god roll, static roll not static roll here's your god roll curated roll on the pulse from the new raid and the lore tab makes sense of like the the build that they made for it because right now the curated rolls on 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 you know weapons from the raid are super inconsistent some of them are good some of them are not it's some of them don't make any sense thog red Rome. should they scratch all exotic weapons and make them legendary or will the new update help exotics and underused weapons I mean, this is a broad stroke here to be like, yeah, just make them all legendaries. There are some really strong exotics that you wouldn't want to do that to, and some really weak ones that you might consider doing it, like the Graviton. But the Graviton, you know, Lance is supposedly getting a, um, it's getting a, it's getting an update, a, a huge buff to its PVE damage. So, here's the problem: as strong as you can make the Graviton, I probably am not gonna. Equip it. Even if it, if it becomes a perfect primary at killing trash ads, I already have primaries that do that job just fine. I'm not going to waste an exotic slot on a weapon that can, you know, can kill trash ads decently, you know, fast or whatever. Um,. Wavy Miles, do you think Bungie should chill with the roadmaps? I think expansions, raid release dates, and live events should be the only thing we know ahead. Um, I think they experimented with this during Rise of Iron, and I didn't like it back then either where they showed us everything, and I felt like we saw way too much. I think they've found that it's helpful, and that's why they continue to do it. 
Sinveritus. Do you think content is a bit easy at the moment? I mean, we don't have to go back into D1 Nightfalls with Icebreaker, but some harder content would keep us engaged. Well, you know, I would hope that Hero, Legend, and Master difficulty settings would bring exactly what you're wanting, as well as the raid and the raid challenge and the dungeon. I think when I look at this this roadmap and I'm somebody like you, I'm not, by the way, I just like, I, I like easy content. I don't like really hard content. I'm just not that guy. Um, but if I was like you and wanted hard content, I'd be like, ooh, a raid, ooh, hero, nightmare, and master, you know, difficulties. Oh, a dungeon. Um, oh, a raid challenge. Like, those things would excite me, and that's a lot, that's a lot of the calendar. Uh, raging, raging gay guy. <laughs> well, I, I kind of want to meet you. Uh, do you like that we will have weekly content for the season? P.S. I'm not sure we'll have lots of secrets like Dreaming City since there'll be a new dungeon is time with Max Curse. Um, yeah, as far as having weekly content, I think that's that's a really, really good structure um, because then there's always kind of something happening because you don't want... I think the danger would be to say well, that we've got rhythmic content, but then there's like these big gaps in the season. The whole purpose of a season in Trickle is that there aren't there aren't droughts. That's the whole point. I think so. I think that's exciting. I don't know about it being like, oh, are there going to be as many secrets as Dreaming City? I think the lack of secrets, if if we don't get as many secrets as the Dreaming City had, is because this is a smaller DLC. Zombizzle. Do you think it's worth stockpiling bounties for XP? I'm worried Bungie will do something to make it not worth the effort. I highly doubt they're gonna they're gonna do something to like those of us that are saving Glimmer with the with the sparrows. Um, those of us that are if you know people start saving XP bounties. I can't see them taking you know taking an issue with that. My hope would be that the artifacts influence over your level is minuscule. So if you cash in a bunch of bounties and then play throughout the week and I don't, I would think that I'd eventually kind of catch up to you because you're just going to get to the the spots in the in the artifact that slow down faster than me, which means eventually I'll catch up. Right, let's say you get your artifact to level 10, and you're like, ooh, automatically bumping my level 10, this is great. Well, levels 1 through 9 are probably going to be a little bit quicker than levels 10 through 19. So, it's likely I can close that gap on you, you know? Ashen Hollow. Do negative modifiers even have a place anymore in matchmade content, which I'm fine with as long as it makes the game more fun. It seems like they're really reining us in now, and the negative really were the only thing making those activity quote-unquote challenging. Well, I don't even necessarily know if modifiers are supposed to make something challenging. I would think the difficulty setting is there for that, right? Let's say you go into the nightmare hunt, and there's hero, nightmare, and master. And judging by what we saw at Gamescom, every time you increase the difficulty, there's new modifiers that are going to change what's going on or change your loadout or change what the bosses can do. And I think the hardest difficulty had Extinguish on, which I hate Extinguish, but whatever. Um, a false form of urgency and pain, just for the sake of it, I think is silly. Oh, we're going to kick you to orbit. Sweet. That's great. I have to re-instance now, and your instancing's been really bad lately, so thanks for that. I have no problem starting over the encounter, but you don't really need to kick me to orbit, but that's beside the point. Um, so if you're wanting challenging content, as far as I can see, they're adding... They're adding difficulty, but they're also putting the truly difficult content behind non-matchmade content, okay? So when we saw the three difficulty settings for Nightmare Hunt, the third difficulty had no matchmaking. 
And so, as you're saying, you know, can we have negative modifiers in matchmade content? Probably not, because people just back out, or they just don't even engage, and so the hopper gets, like, nobody. I did, I've done that multiple times lately. People ask me about these, you know, modifiers, and I'm like, yeah, I don't engage. I don't play when it's on certain modifiers. Jedi Knight. Considering that they've started, uh, they've stated that old content was built around mobbing is due to our power. You think they'll be adjusting the flow of enemies and old content since our damage output's going to be nerfed? I mean, that could be a really great context and setup for them to, to, to repurpose old content for free. Hey, you know, with these changes, we wanted to make Escalation Protocol a little bit more of a fine-tuned experience. There's now a way to matchmake into EP. It's a different it's a different difficulty spectrum, and the bosses are slightly different with a new loot pool. And that's a free update in the you know the the, the winter season. Um, you know they could they could do that. I don't know if they're gonna really want to go back and change all the flow of the enemies. Um, I mean, we're quite a bit stronger than we were when we first ran Leviathan. Being able to barrel stuff those bathers with a shotgun, as an example. It's like, you know, I, is is mobbing us with enemies really going to be the problem? The only place that really, really mobs us is Reckoning, and Reckoning's mid-mid made weaker already, and if they get rid of Blackout, then it should be fine. Um, I like challenge, but not gimmicky challenges. Yeah, it just... It, modifiers are meant to just do that they're meant to modify the encounter not make it so where it's unfun and you don't play and I think that's where they went wrong like well it's modifying the encounter you're getting one punched by a thrall or you're getting one punched by the boss when he slams his blade on the ground and you're a thousand yards away that just doesn't really lead to engaging content Zablush, uh, Zabushman do you think they'll start removing stuff from the game if they continue to add DLC uh, or are they just going to stop Shadow Keep and go on to develop Destiny 3? I mean, as far as removing stuff to continue to add, I don't know if they're going to start cutting into, oh, let's take out Mercury, let's take out the farm. I don't know if they're going to do that. They might just be able to keep a rotating door of a seasonal activity every single time. And maybe they're doing this because then that's going to leave them room to bring back the Dreadnought in a year. They might have looked in the future and they were like, "There's no way we're bringing the dreadnought back in a year if you if you don't get if you don't get this part down. <coughs> you got to make it so that there's there's a little bit more flexibility and a little bit more freedom in the in the uh, in the stuff that's put into the game and removed." But I don't know if that means that on the road to Destiny Three, they're going to be going in and removing the forges or reckoning or something like that. Lenny Pops, do you think random elements need to come back when you drop and not just uh, static? The extent of the grind is a bit more, uh, you'd be able to get three god rolls to just one for a weapon. No, you don't. we don't need this. You don't need three god rolls, one with arc, solar, and void. I think weapons having an elemental propensity is totally fine. Um, because that allows them to keep things like tractor cannon in the game. Um without it suddenly combining with some absurdly strong void shotgun or something. Um, so, I think I think it's fine having them be the... I want elements everywhere, but I think having the element locked is totally fine. Doublet666, have you addressed and or what are your thoughts on the statement in the TWAB regarding Black Armory access? Well, more than likely, that's what we've already heard from Griffin. Griffin tweeted saying, Black Armory... And reckoning and menagerie are free. They're get, they're thro- they're actually going to throw those into new light. That's probably a twofold l- reasoning. Okay, those are re- those are really really good meat and potatoes activities. And number two, they don't want to make people go through the unlocking process. 
Sinveritus says, Do you think Bungie should bring back the factions like they were in D1? Not talking about D2 year one excuse, but a vendor needed to level up. I would love the vendors to come back and have a rank and a seasonal reward and still do rallies once a month where they're introducing new gear during that rally. So the gear introduced in week one gets dropped into the loot pool in week two. So in the first month, there's this, there's a faction rally, and when the faction rally is not going on, you can grind, you can get stuff, you can get rewards, blah blah blah. Week two, you know, the second time faction rally rolls around, the weapon maybe you missed out on last time drops into the generic loot pool, and then they introduce another gun. Um, I think that'd be a good way of doing it. Gritter, what are your thoughts on your weapon mods becoming permanently unlocked, like the armor mods, instead of being consumable? Do you feel this would be a nice middle ground? I mean, this is just a needed change so that the game is har- has a harmony to it, so that mods are the same on both sides of the fence. But I don't think this is like a step in the direction for weapons 2.0. Luke made it clear they've got a, they've got a lot they want to think about and do with weapons. Uh, Markle Gens, what do you think is going to happen to the core campaign? What will the start be like for the new light player? Um, well, they're going they're going to be going through the. Uh, New light players are going through the original opening mission in the Cosmodrome, which drops them off of the tower when they're done, and then that's kind of the end of it. So, I don't know. I, the, the campaign should be streamlined and easy to track and easy to look at because I think it offers a good story, and it's got good cutscenes. You go from Vanilla Destiny all the way through Osiris, Warmind, Forsaken, um, even Ada's story, and then Drifter's got some cutscenes, and then opulence, I think, are it's a good story, and I it'd be cool if it was easy to run through. I don't know if new players are really going to want to, uh, but you know, it'd be a really good way for them to get to know the the, the universe of Destiny. Hatebreed says I've invested a lot of time farming a decent PvP armor in Menagerie. Is Armor 2.0 basically going to make all my time wasted? Not necessarily, no. If you got, like, enhanced hand cannon reloader and you got all the perks that you wanted, the new armor is going to be better, but only once it's, like, leveled up and once it's leveled up, got the right perks on it, perks that you presently can't get, uh, and, you know, more 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 influence from, you know, the ammo finders and, and uh, and then... And then, like hands-on, I think, and hands-on heavy lifting are moving to the mark, the the, the the class item. So I hear where you're coming from about like I just got all this stuff, and is 2.0 going to make my, my time wasted? I don't think so. I would think whatever like this would be a good test is if you can use the old armor system to test it to see what's the payout, and if the payout is close or hits you at max then like you're still able to use those old builds does that make sense like they're not completely invalidating your god roll menagerie set but there's there's more intentionality and there's more that you can do with armor 2.0 epka what do you think why do you think they'd remove intentionality of menagerie when it was such a huge success seems like a bug giving us way too much items uh was the issue not the intentionality Luke Smith didn't say they're taking away intentionality. He just seemed to indicate the level of intentionality of the Chalice would not be in Shadowkeep because they're placing multiple bets at once. So while the Chalice was being developed, tested, and implemented, they were already probably knee-deep in Shadowkeep. So 
that's called parallel development we're working on project a and project f at the exact same time so project a has all this positive response to it and elements of it and you go to project f and you're like hey can you add stuff from that that well no we're too far in so i don't accept that excuse after like december once we get beyond december any content they're making if it lacks intentionality you can't come back and be like well we didn't know yes you did like come on game shimmy i personally think that luck uh wanting something on his tombstone is a good thing for the future of destiny and shouldn't be taken lightly what are your thoughts on this what why is this even a submitted question i personally think that luck wanting something on his tombstone why why would why did you even submit this game shimmy I feel like that deserves a 24-hour. Hobbit Spartan, that like you're around here, you know not to submit like Luke. Oh, do you think? Even still, is this a real question? Do you think Luke wanting something on his tombstone is a good thing for the future of Destiny and shouldn't be taken lightly? What are your thoughts on this? Like, come, what? Come on, Hobbit Spartan. I'm just not answering that. Will there be two raids, one for Shadowkeep and one for the Season Pass? I don't have a clue. They haven't said. Um, Yuri. Strike playlist, we just do it for the powerful Ingram. Further, there's no reason to run it if you're max level. Thanks for telling me things I already know. It used to be used before Skeleton Keys. Yeah, I know that too. Every strike had two specific rewards, a weapon and armor piece. Cool. Thanks for the recap. Uh, like Tank's Cloak, everyone wanted the cloak with a specific role on it. Yep, thanks again for the recap and the history lesson. Now Nightfalls only have a chance to drop nice weapons. This is fine, but what about strikes? Now Skeleton Keys aren't a return, but will Strike Loot return? This is not a freaking question. This is a history lesson that I don't freaking need. Thanks for the novel. Twist of Fate. Quick question for you. Since the current weapon perks are becoming unlockables, do you think... No, no, no. Weapon mods are becoming unlockables, not perks. Do you think that our current armor mods will be like that as well? The armor mods were already announced as an unlockable. They were, they were already locked. They were already announced as an unlockable, okay? And then they announced the gun mods were going to be treated the exact same way. They announced they were going to be treated the exact same way, Okay. Um, it's not a history lesson. It's my question if it's going to return. I think we might have a, a language disparity, Milky. Unban him because there might be a language barrier. Yuri, if you're going to ask me if it's going to return, just ask me that. And I don't know if they're going to bring back skeleton keys. There's no way for me to know that. There's no way for me to know that. It wasn't a permaban, guys. It was like a timed. It was like a timeout to keep him from submitting questions. Like. I don't know if they're going to bring back skeleton keys, but, but again, we don't need five sentences to establish how skeleton keys worked in D1 to ask your question. Like, that just isn't necessary. We've, we've really tried to be nice about this, and I didn't get too sassy. I tried to make it funny. I don't need a history lesson in skeleton keys from D1. I, there, there's literally no way for me to know if they're bringing back skeleton keys. And number two, is that better? I, I don't know. Skeleton keys was announced not returning. Then I, I, I am lost as to what the point of your question was, homie. If they announce they're not returning, why did you give me a five sentence history lesson on it? I don't I don't understand. You have me bewildered, sir. Um since the current weapon prisons are farming for a spare rations and also trying to get the resist mods from Gambit Prime Armor. Right. R- grinding for resist mods will be a good decision. Um, but I don't know if resist mods are gonna be in the armor 2.0. Does that make sense? 
existing armor mods are not getting trans trans transformed into unlockables gun mods are so your your minor spec major spec rampage spec dragonfly spec those are turning into just unlocked mods that can be slotted and unslotted on guns armor mods are going to be completely different they're still going to be slottable and unslottable they're not going to be something that you it's not a it's not a consumable but those are not going to just you're not going to have those anymore does that make sense this is a little confusing i'm trying to be clear so let's just talk about armor first armor 2.0 all future mods are slottable and not consumable but they need to be re-earned because they're different they're completely different they're not the same ones okay so they're not in your inventory right now okay now look at gun mods like major spec rampage spec those are getting converted into just a slot unslot slot unslot so right now if you have major spec in your inventory it's getting converted in shadow keep just keep just keep one does that make sense both of them can be slotted and unslotted they're no longer consumables the way you're going to get the gun mods and the armor mods are completely different I just want to be really clear on that I don't want to give like bad information um Topher do you think it would be better for Bungie to move to bi-yearly content dumps instead of quarterly dumps like they do now I think the real danger in spreading out the content is that content droughts don't do very well in Destiny it's better to offer something that, that feels maybe a little poultry or a little thin and to have people kind of grumble about it being thin, but at least they're playing. You'd rather have an engaged player base that's kind of like, well, I did this, we could gotten a little bit more. You'd rather have that than people being like, yeah, there's nothing to do for months at a time. That's why I think the season pass, free pass, premium pass, like all that is designed to just keep people in the world of destiny so anytime they sell something you're way more likely to drop the ten dollars because there's not been this giant you know giant gap in between whenever you uh whenever you were playing last major and minor resist mods won't go into 2.0 armor you're not going to be able to slot any armor mods you have right now will not slot into armor 2.0 so if you're like oh i'm gonna go grind reckoning for major and minor resist mods those are worthless to you in the Armor 2.0 system. Can they be re-earned in the Armor 2.0 system? Are those functioning mods in the Armor 2.0 system? Maybe, I think so. Somebody in chat said they, that they are, but they would need to be unlocked. Armor mods will not work. If you go into your inventory right now and you're like, yeah, I got all these mods saved up for my armor, they, that's not how they're slotted in Armor 2.0. They're unlocked like slottable mods that are not in your inventory they're like slottable within the armor itself Techware probably answer this but do you think they will give us a dark subclass for guardians who want to use the dark side all oh, the emoji worked that's kind of cute I don't not not anytime soon no if anything they I don't know if they'll ever do that and if they do it's not going to be in this game super uh, super Vegito says do you think the Dreaming City cycle will end sometime this season? It's possible. I, I don't know. Maybe they're going to want to keep it in the mix because maybe they're going to do things with it during the seasonal content. Maybe during, you know, Season of Dawn. You know, the winter, spring, and summer seasons could do stuff with, uh... It could do stuff with your, um... Free content. Free repurposed content. Things like that. They could do stuff with the Dreaming City. I don't know. 
just fate here. Do you think all players starting at 750 ruins the new player experience? Players not being able to level through the green gear to try out older content uh, that was intended. I, I do think that's a bummer. I mean, I'm going I'm to be giving my first impressions of Borderlands 3 in a minute, and one of my criticisms of that game is the early grind is, is honestly not that great. The loot's all over the frickin' place. I'm a level 17, and I'm running through environments, and all the side missions in that environment are level 14, and so are the enemies. So it's like, this is all worthless to me. That that adds like a layer of utility. In a loot-based game, your activity should be your activity and your action as a player should be tied to loot, and let me decide if the loot's worth it or not. And they're getting they're getting robbed of that experience of like that early game. Ooh, a green. Ooh, a blue. Ooh, a purple. That's really fun and really satisfying. But the reason they had to gut that from the game is, I don't think that experience is as good as doing end game grind with the existing player base. Bungie's rolling the dice and they're saying, if a new player is going to jump into the franchise at this stage of the game, what's more likely to win them over? grinding with the existing player base in the new activities that are probably arguably better than the vanilla experience right well is that going to be more winsome or is going through or is going through the vanilla story and getting greens and blues and purples is that going to be more you know what I'm saying I I hear where you're coming from and I really do think it's a shame that that like that opening experience is won't be there that's a bummer but I don't think that would have been nearly as winsome. If somebody's jumping in now, this long into Destiny's franchise, I don't think that's putting your best foot forward on that player. The vanilla experience is okay, but it ain't great. Uh, Sebi Zen, how should we prepare for Shadowkeep? Play and save resources. Kuzamuza, with the buffing of hand cannons in terms of recoil animations, can you see the PC meta potentially replicated on the console? If that's the case, should Nightfall, uh, Not Forgotten, and Luna changes be reverted in order to compete with regular hand cannons such as spare rations and ace? I am not able to comment on this in any substantive way. We have no idea what this animation change is really going to do. I think it'll make people interact with the animations of the gun and the recoil in a more intelligent way, but I don't know if it's going to unify the metas across the board, because this doesn't mean they're getting rid of Bloom. It doesn't mean they're getting rid of inaccuracy. Um... Brios, should re-rolling weapons like in House of Wolves be brought back? People seem to like that system. Nope, that system's terrible and it has no place in Destiny. Re-rolling guns is awful. You want people grinding the content for better rolls, not grinding for materials to just sit there and dump into rolls in the tower. You are you are mismanaging the player engagement when you do that. If I can intentionally run Menagerie over and over and over and over again and get an Awestringer every single time, and then periodically Bungie turns the dial up so I get two or three Awestringers, that is better than you grinding mindlessly some activity, materials, 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 you're like, oh, look at my stack of materials going up, and then just standing in the tower and dumping mats into the gun. Uh, It's a loot-based game. You should be grinding for loot not mats to re-roll your loot over and over. But you want re-rolling of armor in the raid. That's different. Re-rolling stats on armor in the raid with the currency that's grinded in the raid still keeps me in the raid. It's it's contextual and sensible. And re-rolling guns was not a good move. Hobbit Spartan. Sorry for reading this question. There was an error. Is Reckoning still too stingy with the loot? Yep. I'm still trying to grind for a decent spare rations roll, and Reckoning seems to be more focused on the loot, but I feel like it's stingy weapon loot. Do you feel the same? Reckoning is still not good content. 
it's still not good content. Reckoning was a grandma on the highway driving 35 miles an hour. And you're like, Grandma, the speed limit is 70. What are you doing? You're doing 35, okay? Grandma sped up to 50, okay? You're going faster, Grandma, but you're still a grandma going too slow on the highway. At the end of the day, Reckoning is still not good content. It just isn't. You know, and they're getting rid of they're getting rid of the negative modifiers. Thank you. Do you want to know why they're getting rid of the negative modifiers? Because the content still isn't landing very well. It just isn't. You can argue that it's better, but better than what? And how close is it to is it is it close to idyllic destiny content? No. What's idyllic destiny content? Menagerie. <laughs> That's idyllic destiny content. So you gotta drag everything closer to that that scaffolding and that ideal and, and, and the closer you get to that the less your grandma doing 50 and the more your grandma doing 70 if she starts doing 70 on the highway everybody's excited because we're actually going the speed limit we're not even doing the speed limit in reckoning it still is a terrible turnover of loot it's too stingy certain guns just don't drop you can still get bounced off by kicks and stomps it just it isn't that great content it's better and I applaud their attempt to make it better but it, it just, it's still bad, you know? Do a sports analogy, okay? If your football team discovers that your option play that you keep running is a bad play and you make a few tweaks and now it can maybe on average get three, two or three yards instead of negative yards, you know? Or maybe not even that. Maybe on average it gets a yard instead of negative yards. It's still a bad play. It still isn't working. It's not netting enough yardage in the trenches to be worthy of like getting a first down. Like we need two or three yards and our our go-to run option, it's not even getting it's not even averaging a yard, right? Reckoning still just not netting a like netting a gain and it so it's still a bad play. It's still going too slow. Is the analogy I'm trying to draw here. Nova hands. Do you think restoring transversive steps D1 perk of auto-reloading your equipped weapon when picking up ammo would be a good fit with the changes for Luna Faction? This is too narrow and too niche for me to really comment on, bro. I, I don't think... Personally, I think Bungie needs to completely move away from auto-reloading anything with armor, and they also need to move away from damage-focused perks like Rampage, and they need to move away from exotics that give you your super bag. They need, need to move away from that. Just freaking move away from it. Why? Whisper of the Worm has taught us that giving you ammo back can be stupidly dangerous. Luna Factions and Rally Barricade doubled down on that reality. They doubled down on that reality. Right? Everybody stopped using Whisper. We started using other weapons and discovering that like, if we don't have to reload, our damage phases are stupidly strong. Okay? Any exotic that feeds you a super just needs to be retooled and we never need to do that again. There should not be exotics in the game that feeds you back your super. It just, it, it's too good. It's like Rampage. It's so good that it then becomes the only one that matters and that's super imbalanced. Exotics and perks should adjust your gameplay and your loadout style. It should not be you need Rampage on basically any primary gun that you're chasing. You need an exotic that feeds you a super. You need rigs. You need Phoenix Protocol. You need Skull. You need Ursa Furiosa. Like, those become... Those are like required exotics at that point. And I think that that's because they're offering too much of a benefit. Lona was just pro-nerf. And Lona wants to go back to year one Destiny 2. No, I want diversity. I want different expressions of power. 
that's the problem with reloading your guns automatically getting super energy back and damage focus perks there should be playstyle focus perks that net they net you better damage but just being like yeah if you do this thing it's really hard to get rampage to proc how do you get the proc oh you just have to kill something oh well i'm i'm killing stuff all the time yeah and it can stack up to three times oh oh and you can make it last longer with rampage spec well, well, oh, why would I ever run anything else? Yeah, you really shouldn't run anything else. It's the best perk for a primary weapon. <laughs> it's just like... Ex- expressions of power should be far more diverse than than just something that is that simple. When I play... Right now, when I'm playing in Borderlands, and I get a weapon that has like different fire rates, different elements, different things on it, that weapon expresses power in combat in different ways. And me being able to do that, for an example, I'll give an example. There are hand cannons that I've been getting in in, uh, Borderlands that I really like where you can put a taser on the ground. So it can shoot just regular bullets, or you can set it to alt mode, and it puts a taser on the ground. And that taser is great. I fire that in between some enemies, and it hits all of them. It's like a little, like, lightning beam comes out and hits them, and it takes away their shields. And now I can start using my, my, my primary weapon to start shooting them. That's an expression of power and a strategy change in my engagement that I don't do with other weapons. That's what Perk should be doing. Perk should be doing that. Adding a utility, adding a power expression, adding something that you do that's unique and different instead of just get a kill and we're going to buff your damage. What? Just use your super and you're going to get super energy back. What? Just shoot your gun and we're going to automatically reload it. Wait, huh? (laughs) Like, they're, they're, they're so basic and so easy that it's just like, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. You don't need anything else. You just need an exotic that feeds you your super, something that reloads your gun, and a perk that cr- increases your damage every time you get a kill, and you're done. Like, that's it. Those are the go-to loadouts. Those are the go-to exotics. Bumble 17. Along with power boost mechanics with each season, should Bungie remove previous steps to unlock activities such as Forges and Reckoning? Oh, yeah. Anytime we get like six months away from an activity, you shouldn't have to go through the steps to unlock it. You know, we get six months away from, you know, I don't know if we're going to have to do anything to unlock the nightmare hunts, but you know, yeah, once you get like six months away, just unlock it for everybody. What's the point? Welcome to Destiny. We got to, you got to run through hurdles and unlock a bunch of doors just to play the content. That's, that's out of step with new light. And that's why they're making those changes. I think those are good changes and I applaud those changes. Prometheus. Any concerns for Recluse with the nerf to precision damage on minor adds, Master of Arms, uh, 150 spot body damage, becomes a significant stronger. To add that, SMGs will now do a 22... Yeah, okay. I'm not reading the rest of your question because I know where you're going. Um, Recluse is going to get nerfed. We just haven't heard about it yet. The commentary in the TWAB about crit multipliers on miners going down was then coupled with, oh, don't worry, we're buffing your damage to miners on all these weapon types. They are they, they are not talking about the Recluse yet. Just hold on to your freaking hat. Recluse, Mountaintop, and One-Eyed Mask are going to get the axe. Just, they're, they're going to get hit. If they don't get hit, I will be unbelievably shocked. Unbelievably shocked. So... 
if I recall, there are five types of weapons not used for pinnacles. Linear, rocket, shoddy, uh, sidearms, and swords. I foresee a gambit, sword, crucible, sidearm. What would you consider to be unique perks for them? I don't, yeah, I don't want to get into this, I, but you're right. I was thinking they were going to do a shoddy for PvP. I'm hoping for a pinnacle rocket for PvE, and then for, you know, for gambit, they could do a sword or something. Um, but I, I don't want to get into, like, perk ideas and stuff, because it just gets too, we get too specific and to get too niche when we get into there. So, that's the last question. That was over 50 questions. We're doing these a little bit faster, so I feel like there's a better, tra- you know, value transmission to the listeners who who listen to this stuff later. Instead of committing to like an hour and a half to two hours, they're a little bit shorter. So if you're here, I'm gonna keep discussing this. We'll keep looking at the roadmap, discussing your questions because people are still submitting questions. But I want to give myself time to eat lunch and do the Borderlands Three First Impressions video. If you're listening in other locations, there's a link below to join the stream live. Click that link. As always, please like, share, and subscribe. <laughs>